What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-hosts Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. It's a little bit bittersweet because, you know, you'll probably see on some future episodes that we all got a chance to connect in person in Atlanta. It's nothing like that in-person energy. Shout out to Atlanta. Shout out to the crew, man. I had a great time. But nonetheless, we still going to bring the same energy virtually because that's what we came to do. So Carter, Jacqueline, how y'all feeling, man? Hey, it's nothing like that hot Atlanta energy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going gonna, gonna to hold you. I'm, I've always been against moving to Atlanta. But after this visit, I'm like, you know what? Like, there's a world where I can actually live out here, right? It's just, it's so much Black abundance out there, man. And it was so good connecting with y'all, getting to do some in-person interviews. And I, I can't wait till we scale that in-person interview. That, that was lit. We might just have to go to Atlanta once a month and just do like a yeah. two day event and just have guests come in. Right. Yeah. You see why Jacqueline's so excited because she's the one that actually lives in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking, it's a tax deductible expense. So don't, don't, you know, it don't take much to get your free living. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was a really good time. Um, so y'all got, you guys will benefit from getting a chance to see those episodes and think about talking about scaling the in-person. That means we've got to get more cameras though. Cause if we're going to come in person. We got to have a show show. You know what I'm saying? Show, it was show. a reason why we called it from day one. When August on August 1st, when we dropped it, it was never the Melanin Money podcast. It was always the Melanin Money show because we knew it was always more than a podcast. But anyway, guys, um, let's hop into the, today's episode. Before we do, let's, let's address some housekeeping things, some things that are happening because obviously, you know, as Melanin Millionaires, we want to keep you guys posted on the latest and greatest in terms of what's happening in the world. So one thing that was interesting that happened recently is that Elon Musk made a bid to buy Twitter. Um, he believes that it can be a much better free speech platform. And he believes that he's the guy that can do it. What do y'all think about that? Um, I believe, man, it could be a good move. He's trying to take him private, which is, you know, obviously going to have his own ups and downs, but like, he's just a relentless business owner. Like when we talk about no fear, it's like no fear. Like he will gladly spend, was it $40 billion? 43. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On just a whim. Right. So, you know, and like we, we scared to invest a thousand dollars in our businesses. Right. And that's just my thought. He's just he's just a fearless leader. It always seems to work out. For yeah. I like, I like the fearlessness because I feel that there's still a lot of opportunity with Twitter. Like there's still a lot of opportunity for Twitter as a business to grow and really be profitable. And so I also like the fact that Elon clearly knows how money works. So yeah, he offered 43 billion, but that doesn't mean this man's about to come out of pocket 43 bees. Like, come on, y'all. We're going to talk about it today. But no, I mean, I, I like the thought process. I think it's funny considering Elon Musk is a homeless guy right now, but. <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. And I believe him because y'all remember like when he got his, y'all don't realize like he was, oh, I think they call it PayPal Mafia. The guys who, you know, started PayPal, he got a huge payout from PayPal when they went public. Say it again. Did he he get his piece for 150 million? I think a little more than that. Might've been closer to something. But anyways, he he cashed out. He took all the money and put it into SpaceX, 
Tesla and then his other business. And he said, literally, he had to borrow money like to buy food. You know That's so crazy to think about. Like, I mean, I, I'm here for it, but like the, his his attitude and his confidence in what he's about to do. You know, I wish I was that type of business owner. I can be that type of business owner where I'm so yeah. locked in on the vision. I don't care about day to day expenses. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like no, you can see so clearly, like to him, like where he's going. And so it's like, well, I just got to catch up. And it's me spending this money or not spending this money is slowing me down from getting there. So yeah, I got to let it rip. But also think about it. If you are who you say you are, who you think you are, and your people are around you and they don't believe it too, like that they could spare you some food. Come on now. Like, mm, you might need to find but, new friends. It yeah, was but it's just stuff. so extreme though. It's yeah. like, like, he ain't buy a car. Yeah, just, he ain't buy a house. He ain't do that. He ain't say, I'm, all this yeah, money. I think, look, I was I was this extreme at one point that I think the the more I think back on it, I think it was the downfall of one of my relationships because it was like years ago. Right. And like I used to manage my money to the T. So this guy asked me this guy, I'm in a relationship with him. He's like, yo, can I get like one hundred or two hundred dollars? And I was like, yeah, fam, I ain't got it. Like and he's like, what? Like you're a financial advisor. Like I know where you work. I know what you drop. What are you doing? And I'm like, yo, the way I have my money, man, is like I didn't have a hundred or two hundred dollars. Like it was just an Elon Musk thing of like, yo, I had literally to the penny of what I needed, and it was like that drastic. So I can't even be mad at the guy. Yeah, everybody has their thing, man. So shout out to Elon. I mean, I don't think Twitter's gonna go for it, honestly. But shout out to Elon for having that audacity. Another uh, news you could use is Netflix stocks plunge 31% on shocking <laughs> subscriber loss. Now, I told you so, right? If you search the hashtag GA predictions, right? I told you guys back in January and I told you guys even all the way back in 2019 how this was going to play out. People thought I was crazy, especially in the, in the pandemic when streaming was at all time high. I stood by my thesis and doubled down on it and validated it. And yeah, what, you was your, what, was your th- like, what was the reasoning? Yeah, so you looked at the uh, the expansion in the subscriber space. You saw that what Amazon was doing. You saw Hulu. You saw Disney was making a really big play. Uh, HBO. I just I hey, saw stars, right? And yeah. then Apple, right? I still stand by this, and it's going to take longer to play out. But remember, I said on this podcast, right? But anyways, I basically broke down why Netflix doesn't stand a chance. Reason being is they they were first to market, but they have a singular revenue stream. Disney and Amazon have historically been been known for being able to offer something for free or depressing the price of it because they have all this other revenue to offset the losses on on that revenue stream, right? Just to gain market share. Netflix can't do that. It's their only revenue stream, right? And so I said, hey, Netflix. I said, hey, Netflix, like I actually called them. I I was like, Netflix, if I were you, this is in 2019. I said, if I were you, I will create something called Netflix experiences, right? Because one of the issues that you guys have is the sharing of of passwords and usernames, right? So imagine if these Netflix original series that have cult-like followings come out and you guys have like pop-up, like movie drive-ins and all this stuff, but the only way to get access is you have to have a a verifiable membership, right? Now you're going to have people getting membership just to gain access to the experiences. And I gave them a whole bunch of sauce and a bunch of other stuff, but obviously they didn't take me up on it. I'm still here at Netflix if you need me as a consultant, (laughs) but right now your stock is down 31%. Literally, what is that? 95 billion loss in market share overnight. Yeah, sucks for them. 
But also, I did notice that they do have a lot of their own content these days. Yes, they do. So when you go through, like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, they got rid of, like, everybody else's content they were paying for. Right. Now they have a lot of their own native content. So it's been interesting to watch. Yeah, I heard the news, um, which <sighs> I know a lot of people are hurting right now. Yeah. And aren't they the most expensive subscription now? Now that, like, like they hit me another notification, 17, 18 bucks. I'm like, yo, if I knew my password, I cancel. I just haven't, I haven't had my password in two years. So, like, so I'm kind of stuck. But if I have my password, yo. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But hey, you know, we like we always tell y'all, that's why you have financial flicks. Why we were forward thinking. We knew Netflix was going down and we had to we had to come in and save the day. So if you want to tap into education instead of entertainment, head over to financial flicks and you can get all the game you need. All right. So with that being said, you know, what's crazy, though. mm -hmm. So even with that being at like its highest point. Right. And Netflix stock taking a dip for the first time in three decades. U.S. household cash actually exceeds debt right now. That's impressive. Right. Right. Isn't so so that, that's more of a, that's not saying that the equity in that household cash, that, 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 that what they mean by that? Is more than debt. Okay. That means the housing market is doing well and I own a few properties. I need to give my, I need to do an appraisal, do a cash out refinance and little precursor. Yeah. This means Americans are sitting on a ton of cash right now compared mm-hmm. to the debt loads that we would normally carry. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense to me because a lot of consumers are really on edge right now. Like we're not sure what's going to happen next. We've got inflation. We got feds trying to raise rates. You know, we've got the housing market still going hot. So I'm sure a lot of people are sitting on cash just out of pure nervousness. I mean, we've got the stock market, you know, been up and down, 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 up and down. <laughs> so and it makes sense to me that a lot of people are sitting on cash. So comment below. Let us know, um, especially if you're on YouTube, comment below. Let us know how you're feeling about your cash right now. Right. Because speaking of cash, right, while cash is a great thing to have. We all like cash. You know, cash is trash, right? Unpopular opinion. <laughs> cash is trash, but there's context, right? Reason, what'd you say? I said, dang, because people are going to be commenting below talking about their cash and how much money they have saving. <laughs> it's like, that's trash. Delete all that sh- <laughs> But here's what we mean. Here's what we mean, right? So today's episode, we're going to talk about three ways to use your money um, that's better than leaving it in the bank account. Right. We're going to give you a little bonus extra gem on what you can do. This is an advanced strategy. Right. So it's not that cash itself is trash. It's that at the end of the day, there's only one purpose of money. It's a medium of exchange for value, because instead of us trading, we used to trade, you know, barter cattle. And if you had this and I want that money just simply makes it easier. Hey, if I want that and we're saying this is a certain value amount that equals this, you'll accept my money in order to in order to exchange that. Right. That's money's only purpose. So when money just sits idly in your account, then really it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's not being used as a medium of exchange for value. And so we want to help you guys leverage your money to do more, especially considering that inflation is where it is, right? It's literally like your bank account has a hole in it and it's just slowly leaking out 8% of it every single year, right? So we want to make sure that you guys know exactly what you can do with your money to make it work for you. Now, before we get into it, I just saw a notification from uh, CNB. Oh, Dow jumps 250 points because it is four o'clock. Markets closed. Um, so that's good. I'll check my portfolio after this podcast. <laughs> but anywho, 
So guys, let's get into it. I'll start. I think we have three. So I'll start. No, actually, I won't start. I'll let Jacqueline start because I'm going I'm to pick the stock market. Carter, do you want to do real estate? I want to do business. You want to do business. And then Carter, I mean, Jacqueline, she, you okay. can do real estate. All right. Well, we just gave y'all everything you need to know. <laughs> How about this podcast now? Yeah, but before, Jacqueline, before you go, I want to I give a little bit more context because, like, again, I feel like, you know, our relationship with money shapes this conversation, right? Like, you know, and I was raised in a household and saying, like, yo, you get some money, like you sit on it, save it, you know, all, all this and all that, because obviously my family just didn't know how money worked and that, you know, and what inflation was. But I think a lot of people say psychologically um, who've never had money, once they get, a, you know, some money that, you know, that they can uh, feel comfortable about, they they're so scared to lose it, they just hold on to it. Right. And, you know, if that's OK, a lot of us got to just break down some of the financial limitations or financial misconceptions that our family taught us. And that it's OK to to have those um, notions, but not let them carry you into adulthood and not, not let them carry you into an improper destination. So if anybody's struggling with like getting the wrapping their mind around like that money is a tool, like listen to the rest of the episode, we'll help you uh, break it down. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's one of the beautiful things about adulting. Right. Like you start to figure out like, oh, wow. Cheese really is expensive. Like, you're right. Like, uh, you know, five dollars asking my parents for five dollars every day in high school. Like that was a lot of money at the end of the day. Like it, it all added up. Right. That's all part of adulting is getting to figure things out for yourself. And so I think you hit the nail on the head, Carter. With like you got to figure out your own money philosophies. Right. Facts. Big facts. OK, cool. Well, Jacqueline, let's start us off. Well, Jacqueline got left with real estate. So everybody- You own the most properties out of all of us, right? <laughs> Do I? I think I got, so. I, think I got so. a hotel in Ghana, though. So. At least I got a hotel in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So. Um, but do REITs count? Like, do we need to go toe for toe with REITs, guys? Uh, now, I think for the sake of this podcast, since we're going to talk about the stock market, we'll, we'll talk about tangible real estate in your bucket. Okay. So in my bucket, guys real estate being another place for you to put your money as opposed to leaving it in a bank account. All right. Because as of right now, what is inflation running at? Like 8.2, I think is the latest. Somewhere around there. Yeah. What's up guys. Have you ever been just like chilling on the couch and trying to find something to watch on Netflix and you're browsing, you're scrolling and you just can't seem to find anything that you either one haven't already watched or just doesn't seem that interesting. Well, I have the solution for you because if you're listening to the Melanin Money Show, then I know that you care about taking your financial life to the next level. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks. So instead of Netflix and chill, you can Financial Flicks and chill. And you can find on-demand videos across personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship. And right now, you can test drive Financial Flicks for just a dollar by clicking the link in the show notes. Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash financial flicks and check out all of the on-demand videos we have plus all the other features that you'll get access to by joining today that'll cut you off jack a little bit the s&p 500 average return is 10 and a half percent you tell me inflation is almost there that is crazy this is where active investors win okay okay go ahead um go ahead right so it's, crazy. it's really crazy that yeah i was say that i just thought about it and it just blew my mind i didn't mean to cut you off i mean can we still talk about like how crazy real estate has been too um in atlanta georgia like in the last you know year and a half two years we're up in some air in some areas crazy numbers but overall we're up i want to say the number is like 38 percent mm. values right so 
that's that's obviously not a normal number right? right but it is another place where you can put money so there's been this recent argument um with some people who are talking about real estate not being a viable option out of all the numbers that i've seen out of all the data out of the fact that from investing in real estate, real estate investment trusts, which we'll talk about more, were birthed out of actual real estate investments, right? Being able to make real estate investing um, an option for all people, for your average investors, that tells me that there is something good behind real estate, okay? And sometimes I like to talk about it in its simplest form, real estate investing. Um, We can have the argument, the debate of, Is the home that you live in supposed to be an investment? I don't know. For me, I don't like to put money anywhere that's not an investment. So the home that I currently live in is an investment for me. And I like to make it an investment for most people. And one of the ways that you can do that, that doesn't even have any numbers attached to it, is learning how to build financial stability for yourself. Right. So I talk about this. We've we've all talked about the different phases of wealth and financial stability being the first one. And I talked about how for me, like I was already fine. I already was technically financially stable. Right. Limited debt, good income, good savings, all of that. But I still didn't feel financially stable. And the reason why I personally didn't feel financially stable was because I didn't own where I lived. So at any moment I could be kicked out or told that the house is being sold or they could raise my rent. Right. All of those things happened to me and it made me not feel financially stable. It made me not feel financially secure. And so it wasn't until I owned my first home that I was like, okay, I now feel financially stable. Right. So sometimes it's not always a number thing, but it's also a feeling thing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of owning and investing in real estate, what is the what are the numbers? I does somebody know the numbers? I think it's something like ninety something percent of all millionaires own real estate. Yeah, it's probably it's probably in the upper ninety. About eighty six percent, like that. Yes, yeah, close. Yeah. And, and and the reason why, um, it, it, it's it's because it's an amazing investment, obviously, but it's the tax piece that comes with it, right? Like, there's no mm-hmm. there's no better tax advantage asset, um, than real estate. And 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 Jack and I'll give you opportunity to finish, but then I'll harp on it. Um, a little bit more, but like, yeah, you can earn money and you can save on taxes simultaneously. That's why the majority of uh, other people own real estate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So like for me, I was able to take one of my clients who she, she owed, like long story short, she came to me. She was like, yeah, I owe a $3,000 tax bill or something like that. And I was like, why do you owe a tax bill? You purchased a home. Did you make sure that your home mortgage interest was being deducted and your property taxes. And she didn't realize that both of those needed to be deducted. So Mm -hmm. once she added those in, she then was owed a refund of like $8,000, something like that. So my point being like real estate is part of what the tax code was written for. People who own real estate. Yeah. Can I give a quick uh, tax hack or real estate for you all uh, listening? Um, Because again, Real estate again. If 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 it went up thirty eight percent in Atlanta, the real estate market, that means that your money grew thirty eight percent in the last year and a half, which is a better place for your money being in the bank because the bank is giving you point zero 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 one percent. 
But two things I want you all to know that own real estate. So if you own a home that you live in and you live in it for two years and you sell that home, you don't have to pay any taxes on the gain. So if you bought the home for 200000 and you moved out two years later and it sold for three fifty, that $150,000 equity gain is not taxable. So that's number one. Number two, a dope thing about real estate, which I was talking about earlier, is that if you own a real estate property where you do not live, it's a rental property, and you get it appraised, and it you know you have a hundred thousand dollars in equity. You can you can take a, a home equity line of credit, which is essentially borrowing the equity out of your property, and you don't pay any taxes on that borrow. So not only is real estate a great way to make more money and put you know put your money to use, it's also a way for you to save an immense amount of money on taxes and uh, have additional. Um, borrowing power from an asset that you own. Super dope, super dope. Not to mention if you use real estate as an investment, like to Carter's point, then it's a business, right? And then all of the, the, all of the expenses associated with running that business now could also be factored in as a part of your tax strategy as well. Oh, my boy been listening to me. Check, check him out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> you know the vibe. Not only that, but let's talk about the melanin money piece of this, right? So I was trying to find this post that I liked yesterday about um, the post basically went something like this. So one, if y'all check with Bloomberg, 80 something percent of all the real estate in America is owned by people who don't look like us. Hmm. Okay. So not surprising, right? Because we talk about how people who look like us were um, like, we were intentionally set up to have a net worth. That's a 10th of somebody who doesn't look like us. Right. We talked about that tons of times on this podcast, but listen, it was done mainly through real estate. So think about all of the families who back in the mid 1900s were able to buy properties for two, three, $10,000. And those properties are now worth a half a million dollars. We weren't allowed to partake in that, right? We weren't allowed to participate in that half a million dollar glow up, right? So it's no wonder we're behind 90% in our net worth. So when we talk about not selling out, not selling the property, right? Accumulating more. Why are we saying that? Because more money, more opportunities, more real estate, more wealth for your family, more options and opportunities that they have. So you guys heavily consider real estate as an option. If you are struggling to get into real estate right now, you don't have the money, you cannot figure it out. I will make sure that we link below. Um, we have a class from Kimoy about Airbnb. So start getting into real estate on that side, build up some cash, and then we can start planting that into permanent real estate. Right. right. And that's a good point because real estate, like with all the assets and different things we're going to talk about, there's many different entry points, right? And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Dave Ramsey, but what I always tell people is that you can be successful, right? Following anybody, you just have to follow a path, right? At the end of the day, Dave Ramsey, relative to what your measuring stick of success, He's helped a lot of people get out of debt, right? And, and so again, we think about financial freedom, financial independence a little bit differently, but the concept is just pick a path. So thinking of real estate, you can start with wholesaling. That's a great way to get cash. You don't have to own anything. Then you can transition into, you know, you know, flipping houses, right? Because you got cash now, so you can flip houses. Then you get more stack, more cash, then you can maybe get into multi. So like there's plenty of ways to get into the game. You just have to pick your poison and figure out how to do it, right? But if you focus on what you don't know or focus on all the options, right? You're probably going to do nothing. So just pick a path, start there. And you can always expand, right? Absolutely. Cool. So, so Carter, you want to uh, hop in next and talk about uh, how to put your money into your business? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this is something I am being more cognizant of doing now. Um, so if you own a business, right, and you are starting, you, you know, you get, to, you get past the point of like your business can pay its own bills and it can pay your own bills. And now you have a profit from your business. You know, you have a few choices. You know, you can leave that money in your business bank account, you know, or you can reinvest it into uh, the business. And, and for me and for a lot of other business owners, when I look at my, my growth of my business, my businesses over the years, numbers wise, my business is my best investment because if my business is growing at 100% every year. Then every dollar I put into my business will give me 100% return, which you can't get that anywhere else. Um, so a business can be a great place to reinvest your money. See, now, my, my personal problem is I'm such a, um, you know, stock focused and, you know, I'm such a diversified focused person that I'm putting my money in other places. But I have to check myself and ask me, like, if my stock portfolio is doing this every year, if my crypto portfolio is doing this every year, if my real estate portfolio is doing this every year, if all of those are less than 100%, then maybe all of our money should be reinvested into my business because it's giving me the best return. So a thing that I think you all should think about is when you have a, you know, a decent amount of money sitting in your business bank account, like the more that you invest in your business, the faster it grows. Not to mention all the money that you reinvest into your business is a tax deductible expense, which will lower your taxes for your business. So every dollar you reinvest into your business, that's a you know uh, essentially a dollar deduction for that business. So a quick example is um, at the end of last year, I ran this um, play where I got a twenty five thousand dollar line of credit. I used that. Well, I got a twenty five thousand dollar Amex. I have, I have I have an Amex Platinum card. I I, I prepaid my Facebook and other ads for the next quarter. So I spent $25,000 on ads prepaid. So I got a $25,000 tax deduction for doing that. Not to mention, um, Amex gave you 10% cash back on your advertising purchases. So I got $2,500 back in my account. And those ads did two and a half times um, ROAS. So I got two, I made two and a half, um, a 250% return on that ad spend. So I spent $25,000 to make almost $60,000, right? And I didn't have to use any of my money, right? So like, I think the point is like, that was a, me taking a big investment into my business and I saw the return. But if I didn't, if I let that money sit, I wouldn't have had it. So just uh, you know, think about, right. yo, if you use money as a tool, it can, it can work for you instead of just losing yeah. it. And, and I think the issue, Carter, is that people misconstrue how the greats make their money versus how they invest it, right? Because wealth is made through concentration, is preserved through diversification, right? Yeah. So when you look at Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, um, the Google CEOs, because you know they're co-CEOs, more than 80%, I want to say, of their wealth is tied up in the equity of their business, right? And so what that tells you is that they're they're practicing what we're talking about is that your business is your most concentrated asset in the beginning, your most powerful performing asset, then what happens is, right, you then can take a fraction or a portion of that and to preserve your wealth because at the end of the day, like any asset, right, there's the same reason why we tell you don't invest in one stock in your portfolio. Why? Because that stock could potentially go belly up, right? Then you take the money that you've made, some of the profits outside of reinvesting back into your business, and then you diversify. But what people misconstrue the game is they spread themselves too thin and like, all right, well, my business is only making 200000 but I'm going to do this business. I'm going to spread my money over here. I want to spread my money over there. Like, no, like this thing needs to be a rocket ship, right? Mm -hmm. Then 
you can take some of the profits after reinvesting the majority in the business and then diversify outside of that. But people, I think, misconstrue the two when they hear like seven streams of income. It's like, no, one crazy, massive waterfall, and then you invest in other things, right? Like there's things I invest in people will never know about. But however, it's because I had this one thing and then I just took some of it, not much of it, and then invested in these other things. So I agree that your business, but you just really sit back and look at it objectively, by and large, is your is going to give you the best return ever. Why? Because who's running the business? You. Right. You're the asset, right? What you appreciate, appreciates. So appreciate yourself. Thanks. <laughs> I love that. love that. You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while. And that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about uh, reinvesting into the business. I want to give you the floor because I think the stocks is probably the easiest for people to get into. Yeah. Um. So I want to give you the floor to really give some game on that. I yeah. was firstly get a business if you don't have one. Okay. Because what we talk about on here is generational wealth and you cannot pass down your job to your babies. Right. So we're talking about building generational wealth. Like that is a very key component to building generational wealth because we talked about, especially in the club, we talk about all the spinoffs of having a business, right? Being able to pay your children $6,000 tax-free, take that $6,000 that you paid them, put that into a Roth IRA, allow that Roth IRA to grow, right? Be able to use that money from that account for them to go to college, for them to you know, pay for a car, whatever it is, right? So if you want to be able to build generational wealth, somebody has to take that first leap. Somebody right. has to be the person that sacrifices, right? Somebody has to be the person that sets up the opportunities. And we've got some really great reviews on Apple Podcasts, um, really about people who have been like taking that first step, right? And becoming that you know, wealth trendsetter in their family, getting everybody else on board. I don't know. Do y'all want to hear a review today? I find it interesting. We don't have any like one or two star reviews. Like you guys have been getting some really good game from the podcast, according to our yeah, review. Yeah, let's let's hear. I'm all, I'm always down for a little review. Kind of give me a little inner. You know, I, I was say, I'm always down for an ego boost. So like, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, y'all feel like giving away merch today or? Why not? Why not? I feel like giving something away. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Well, George, how can they? Um, how can they get their gift? And I'm gonna pick one. Yep. All you have to do is email podcast at melaninmoney.com with your name, full name, um, your size, and your address, and we will ship a surprise out to you. Yes, Miss J Perry. We will ship a surprise out to you. Thank you for your five star review. She titled it Loaded with Information for the Average Family Talking About Money is Taboo. I'm in my 30s and finally starting to learn so much on my own that I wish I had known growing up. I'm grateful to have this podcast for all the gems that's dropped and explaining terms and concepts so everyone can understand regardless of where you are on your financial journey. This show will definitely be a part of my weekly lineup. Financial independence loading. Thanks for all the insight you guys delivered. 
Thank you for that wonderful interview. We appreciate you. And we're happy that you are the wealth trendsetter in your family. So we want to make sure that you have other options for you to put your cash. Right. So we talked about real estate. We talked about business. And now George is going to lead the way and tell us how we can put our money in the stock market so that it's not just sitting in cash. Right. Absolutely. Right. So we've talked about, hey, at the end of the day, you have to have your money in places that are working for you because inflation is working to keep your money in a chokehold. Right. Inflation says, give me yeah. that. You know, letting uh, up. <laughs> elbow drop. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to be strategic. Right. And so the purpose of me talking about stocks is not to get super technical and tell you about charts and how to find the best one. It's to understand the concept of why putting your money in the stock market can be a great hedge against inflation, right? And a better place for your money, right? So the reason why stocks are great is because of all the things we've talked about, it's the lowest barrier to injury, right? So with real estate, you have to have some level of approval. You got to have a decent credit score. I'm not saying this as a deterrent. We're just giving you full context, right? You can do all of these, right? You got to have a certain credit score. You got to have a down payment in most cases, unless you qualify for some type of program, and then ultimately, if you do do all of that and do what the lender says, you can get approved and you can get your real estate, right? With your business, obviously, you have to have business acumen. You got to have something that you can sell, right? You got to get an LLC. Um, you have to probably get some systems, you know, all that good stuff to get up and running. All things that are extremely doable, right? But nothing is more simple than getting an account with TD Ameritrade, Robinhood, or M1 Finance, putting your information in, transferring a few hundred bucks over, in selecting an index fund, if that's where you start, and investing your money. Boom. No barrier to entry. Your credit doesn't matter. Your business acumen doesn't matter. Nothing matters. In fact, the best CEOs in the world start working for you. That's what the stock market essentially is. Why? Because Elon Musk uh, is the CEO of Twitter. I mean, excuse me, of Tesla. See, I'm forecasting it. He's the CEO of Tesla. I know. I mean, honestly, I don't care. But I mean, I think it will be fun. <laughs> at least he'll bring the edit button. That's the thing that he said. I'm, I'll bring an edit button to, to, to Twitter if you make me the CEO. <laughs> Dude, you paying $43 billion for an edit button? Man, you different. You um, but he is the CEO of not a stock, but the company. It just so happens that that company is what we call publicly traded, which means people in the public, i.e. you and I, get a chance to buy a piece of the company. And the way that's represented is in the form of what we call a share right? A share is a unit of ownership. And the beauty of it is, even if you don't have, uh, let's just say, what is a Twitter, excuse me, Tesla stock price now? It's $700, $800, whatever it is, right? Even if you don't have that, there are platforms that allow you to purchase what we call fractional shares. And that's why we're saying barrier to entry is so low. Because the, the way a fractional share works is, let's say that you, know, you have a whole pizza and you can't afford to buy the whole pizza. With fractional shares, you can buy one slice. And then the pushback I always get when I say that is, well, is it just, is it, is it the same? Is it going to do anything? Is it as valuable if you don't buy the whole pizza? Well, if I bring a cheese or pepperoni pizza to your house or whatever, and I give you a slice, does it taste any different from the other slices just because you don't get the whole thing? No. <laughs> right? So it's still valuable, right? And so it's so easy to get into the stock market. That's why we absolutely love it. The barrier to entry is so low, and it is the most truly passive thing ever, right? A business, a business isn't passive, right? At least not in the beginning, right? It's, there's nothing passive about a business. There's nothing passive about real estate in the beginning. It can eventually, in theory, become passive, potentially. But the only true passive real estate is REITs, right? Which we, talk, we said we would touch on. So 
And a REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And all that simply is to keep it super simple. Again, the goal of this podcast is not to get granular, not this episode. A real estate investment trust allows you to be able to invest in real estate by way of the stock market. Hey, right? say it again, though, because some people don't. So I heard a lot of uh, renditions of it. Just say it again. Real estate investment trust. The acronym. REIT. 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 What, yeah, what have you heard? What have you heard? I heard REITs. I heard REITs. <laughs> I heard REITs. I said, what are y'all talking about? Yeah, REIT. REIT. It's a- Very simple. All right. And so that's why we love the stock market, right? There's no excuse. Jacqueline said two episodes ago, I believe it was, or a few episodes ago. Everybody, what'd you say, Jacqueline? Everybody should have in their bio? Hey, I said when we went Twitter uh, post for Twitter post, mm-hmm. I said that everybody should have stock investor in their bio. That's a fact. I should have that. Why, why wouldn't you, right? Like everybody should have the opportunity to have stock investor in their bio. Right. If nothing else. Right. You could be a stock investor because of the reasons we just explained. So we know that we're a tactical podcast. So if you as of this episode, if you do not have an investment account open, right, if you do not have an investment account open, I want you to select whatever one you choose, whether in this YouTube video, Google, uh, Google best investment accounts to open. Right. But I'm, I'll tell you a few. Robinhood is super easy regardless of what people say. I'm not saying I love it or whatever. I'm just saying it's easy. M1 Finance, which I'll explain why I love M1 Finance is another great one. And TD Ameritrade, which can feel a little bit more advanced if you've never, you're not, if you have no experience with opening a brokerage account. But those are the, the top three that are super easy to open. Right. If you do not have a brokerage account open, right. Open an investment account, whether it's a brokerage account, Roth IRA, or a traditional IRA before the next episode airs, right? Mm-hmm. And let us know that you did it, right? Let us know that you did it. Comment on this on YouTube or leave a review saying, thank you guys, because because of you, I created my investment account, right? Super simple. I don't care if you transfer $10, $100, $1,000, just get started, okay? Now, let me tell you why. I'll, go ahead, Jack. I got a gift from whoever does that. Oh, boom. Jacqueline's going to give y'all a gift. So there you go. Now you're incentivized. You're incentivized to invest in yourself. What other shows doing that? Come on. Y'all want to clues bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to tell you why I love M1 Binance, right? Now, full disclaimer. If you are a new investor, right? If you've never invested in a stock market, this isn't some super sexy strategy for you to just like take advantage of, right? This is for the person who has the fundamentals in place, has probably already had already has money invested, and has an identifiable opportunity that they've already vetted for what they're going to leverage this strategy for. Period. This is not to run up a bag, to go to Fendi, to go to ball out at Louis. It's for none of that, right? This is to supercharge your ability to build wealth. There's a lot of context. We want to be, you know, smart about this so guys don't run off and, and mess themselves up. Okay. So with M1 Finance, right? What they give you the power to do is let's say if you invest a thousand dollars. Well, no, you have to be more than a thousand. Let's say you invest ten thousand. I think it's five is the threshold. Let's say you invest ten thousand. M1 Finance will allow you to borrow against the value of your portfolio up to forty percent. Now, you might think, oh, I've heard of that before. I got a 401k. I can borrow from my 401k. Not quite the same thing, right? Borrowing from your 401k means that if you borrow 40%, that 10,000, right, now goes down by 4,000, right? So you have the 4,000 to do whatever you want. 
but now your portfolio is showing $6,000 in this example, right? When you borrow against the value of your portfolio, it means that it's collateralized and the institution says, oh, they got the money. So we'll create a separate transaction that says, we'll give you the the $4,000, right? For you to do what you want with. You'll borrow it at a rate of 2%, right? But your portfolio still sits at $10,000, which means now you have uninterrupted interest on your investment account. Now, why is this a strategy to supercharge your wealth? Let's break it down very fundamentally. If it's only costing you 2% on the 4,000, and as Carter mentioned earlier in the episode, the S&P 500 is averaging 10% a year, right? What that means is while your portfolio is growing at 10%, you're only paying 2% interest on the 4,000, then you have that 4,000 that you can leverage to go acquire other assets, right? So now you are basically doing what I like to call double dipping, right? And I don't know about you, but you know, growing up, they said, they, they told you to never double dip. They said, don't put that shit back in the salsa. But hey, I'm telling you what the stock market is. It's my salsa. If I own all the salsa, it's my salsa. It's my salsa, right? I get to double dip. This is a very powerful strategy, right? We're going to actually do a class on this inside of the club that might be live when this podcast airs. And we're going to do a detailed class on this, breaking down not only just this high level strategy, but all the other benefits that you can leverage. Matter of fact, I'm just going to read off some of the things that you can do when you leverage the strategy the right way. Again, full disclaimer, you need to have the fundamentals in place because all money does is amplify. If you are in debt or you are already bad with money and now you borrow from your portfolio, you're just going to amplify your bad situation, right? So please, please don't use this if you're not ready. But let me tell you some of the things that you can leverage by taking advantage of this strategy. Number one, you can learn how to never sell stocks when you need money for other things and eliminate taxable events and get a tax deduction in the process, right? You can learn how to become the become your own bank and become your own lender because at the end of the day, you can borrow the money from yourself and loan that money out to other people if you wanted to. Super advanced strategy, but something that you could do, right? You can learn how to use the stock market to fund your business, right? So for example, to Carter's point, if he knew that he was gonna take the money to buy ads, he could take that money, borrow it against his portfolio, right? Use that 25,000 for ads, right? And then when he can pay himself back if he so desires, right? Because he was able to leverage his own portfolio, right? You could use the stock market to eliminate high interest debt, right? So if you have, uh, let's say interest, uh, a credit card with 16% APR or something crazy, right? You could leverage your portfolio, pay off the high interest debt. And now you only have a 2% APR, right? 14% overnight, just like that. And many other things. When I say this strategy is powerful, like it's power. When I did a class on this for the first time, like early this year, I've never gotten so many positive reviews on anything that I've ever taught me. People went nuts. So I was like, okay, people really want to know about this. But I want to keep reiterating that it's so important that you don't get attracted to the shiny ball. The same way Carter teaches about living tax-free and, and, and you can write this off and write this off. There's context there. You need to have a profitable business, right? You know what I'm saying? So these strategies are available but there are baseline expectations and assumptions, right? That we're running with when we give this game out because we don't want to be the platform that just talks about these sexy grandiose plays and y'all get out here and y'all mess up, right? Or people telling you how to get 200,000 in funding and then you don't have no strategy on how to pay it back, right? So that that's not going to be us. And so that's why we keep giving disclaimers. And if you do have questions, join the Melanin Millionaires Club, right? If you think that this is something that you want to do and you think, man, this might be for me, but you're unsure, Join the club. You can, I'm going to probably cover all this on that class. And then, of course, you can always send messages to Penny who will answer your questions personally. Yeah. And I remember you came to LA 
And, you know, we, we went out for uh, dinner and drinks or whatever. And you gave me the strategy. Here's the thing. Like I used to be a financial advisor. I have very, very, you know, good financial acumen. But I didn't know about this. Like when you told me this, like my head exploded at the dinner table. And it's just a way to literally um, supercharge your, your wealth. And it's a way to... Um, get tax deductions in the process because the interest is deductible. It's all these amazing strategies that, that again, as a, as a melanin community, we just don't know because our parents didn't know our parents, parents didn't know. So it, it, the more, it, the more that we learn, the more that we earn. And this strategy for me uh, alone this year has already made me, I think over $10,000 just because I mm. ran so early and, you know, it's just going to continue to help me, uh, help me grow. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success. Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. All right. So it sounds like we, we, we we're kind of breaking even on the, you know, on the dinner, you know, I don't know about that, <laughs> but yours is going to keep yeah, going. Your, your, your strategy, you're going to keep benefiting. From you it. have a birthday every year, don't you? <laughs> I don't want people to feel bad for not knowing things because the truth is like your parents wouldn't know about this. Why? Because it's new. There's so many new things that are coming out. That's why we have the community. That's why we have the Million and Millionaire Club because all of these things are just evolving, right? So like FinTech is one of the highest, um, one of the like, <laughs> it's on the pedestal for investments right now. Like one of the most evolving industries right now in our stock market. And so there's new plays and new opportunities that are continuously presenting themselves. And I don't know, I don't see that really slowing down anytime soon. So the sooner you can get on the train, the better, right? So what's super, super exciting is not only do we drop these plays in the club, but we also will be dropping these plays, these gyms, and we'll be in person to talk about them June 9th and 10th in Miami, for Black Equity Con, okay? So use use our code below, 20MMC, to grab your ticket for Black Equity Con. We will be live in Miami. We can't wait to see you guys there. George, what do you have to say about Black Equity Con? I mean, what's Black... Like, there is no Black Equity Con without melanin money. You know what I'm saying? Like, melanin <laughs> money, so. Black Equity... Wait, wait, back up from the camera a little bit, Carter. <laughs> I mean, the shirt says everything, equity, right? And he's black and it's a black shirt. So all I'm saying is, all I'm saying. right? We're going to be in the building, right? We're going to have some special activations, some special vibes for y'all. You know, we're going to, it's going to, it's going to be, I don't know what else to say. It's going to be a vibe. It's Miami. It's us. It's this virtual energy that y'all been receiving in person. Why wouldn't you be in Miami? And we, might have, we, we definitely do some live podcast episodes there. So why not have an audience that had to do the live podcast with, right? So we all need to get in the room. And again, get your tickets early. Um, the tickets go up every week, I think. So again, right. the, 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 when you longer you wait, everything gets more expensive. When you're about to buy a flight and you keep waiting, everything gets more expensive. So spend the, So get the ticket now. So you don't have to pay a premium later. And who don't want to be in Miami in June? In June. Over 3,000 
right. um, uh, black, uh, you know, influencers, brand experts, financial experts, right? It's going to be amazing, amazing place uh, to right. learn and network, network and grow. And me and George did an episode about being in the room, the power of being in the room. This is mm-hmm. a room that you can't afford not to be in. That's a fact. We are super excited to see you guys there. Um, it's going to be a blast. And yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. As always, please leave us a five-star review. I mean, this is a, a free public platform that we're coming to every week, rain, sleet, or snow. And we always figure it out. If Jacqueline's not available, me and Carter hold it down. If Carter's not available, me and Jacqueline hold it down. If both of them not available, I'm going to hold it down and vice versa, right? Okay, we all are here to continue to show up for you. And all we're asking you to do is show up for yourself. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.